0: Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host
1: Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to ask an interesting question, and that question is like every question, we're not going to have the ultimate answer to that, but we're going to be able to give you some first-hand experience as well as some opinions. And we'd love it if you actually go on Facebook, go on Twitter, go on the comment section of this episode and tell us what you think about that debate. And that debate is, is SEO making you create boring content? And I'd like to explain that a little bit before we actually jump in. But first, I'm going to welcome Mark because he's on the podcast and I always forget to welcome him. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, hey Mark. So, Mark is on the podcast as well. And let me just introduce the problem. So, keywords for SEO tend to target some pretty boring informational searches. And people, when they Google stuff, they're not looking for viral content. They're looking for answers to their question most of the time. And... As a result, the content that comes from these keywords is just not very fun to read, not very interesting. And it's it's only interesting to the people that are actually searching for it. So if you're actually searching how to get rid of back pain and your back hurts, then that's a very interesting article you're going to find. But if you're following Health Ambition, our health blog, and we release a blog post about how to cure back pain and you don't have back pain, well, you don't really care about that article. And that's the problem that you touch a very narrow part of your audience if they are avid followers of your website. And, you know, an example, for example, of SEO oriented content versus, you know, more shareable and community driven content would be on one side, you would have the health benefits of peanuts, which is a keyword with 2,400 searches per month. And on the other side, you know, you would have an article like the five things that you can do to have a healthier 2016, which has a search volume of exactly zero. But right now we're January second, 2016, and I think the five things to have a healthier 2016 would be a little bit more interesting to me. Another example, for example, would be what is online dating, and for maybe 70 years old grandma that has no idea what that is and you know wants to find someone again. That would be an interesting query, but you know, if you have a site on dating, it's pretty boring to answer that. And most people, you would assume that most people just know what online dating is. However, a piece of content like the 12 funniest Tinder messages answers that you can find on the internet would be an interesting thing and more shareable and would better, go better on Facebook, etc. So that's basically it. And
0: the way I think of it is kind of like imagine anything you would read on BuzzFeed and like compare that to the kind of articles which you're ordering from your writers but i don't think BuzzFeed really target SEO at all and for that reason their content's kind of built in a in a different way which is more kind of i guess viral or socially appealing i don't know yeah. if that's
1: the right term just like you want to click on it right yeah yeah exactly and if you have it's not a problem to just do SEO at the beginning because nobody's expecting your next blog post right But when people actually start following you and care about what you do, if you keep releasing very niche articles, people are going to lose interest and you're not going to retain people a lot around your website. So an authority hacker is a good example. If say I produce only SEO based content around broad keywords, it would be pretty boring actually, because you guys want to hear about the latest online marketing stuff, et cetera, and our experiments and so on. And to be honest, these are not matching any good keyword. If I want to match keywords, that would be like online marketing tips or SEO backlink or whatever, something that's pretty boring and would make me content that would actually engage you less. And so that's a problem as you become a follower, right? And most importantly, social shares seem to become more and more important on your site, you know, we have sites that have like a lot of social shares, not that many links, and do pretty well in search as well. So, if actually you want search to do well, you kind of need these social shares as well, and it's hard to get these social shares from these kind of like keyword-oriented content. And most importantly, you won't be noticed and you won't be like seen as an, a real authority if nobody shares your stuff. If you only write keyword based content, people that know it just going to know that you're gaming SEO and you might be getting a lot of traffic, but you won't be like regarded as an authority and that might hurt the rate of like link acquisition you have, etc. So actually in the end, creating only keyword based content actually hurts your SEO. And I think that's quite important to consider, right? Now, how can people fix that problem? Well, there's different ways to fix that problem. I think, you know, one that I've been doing quite a bit with Authority Hacker. So during 2014, 2015, sorry, well, I have been publishing a lot of keyword-based content. You might not notice, but a lot of the big, long blog posts that we've published last year were very keyword-focused. And, you know, it was a little bit difficult to... Make them shareable. But what I did is I actually optimized the title on the blog post for SEO. But now you can actually change the social snippets. And if you use something like Yoast SEO, for example, you can actually rewrite the titles to make them more shareable. So I think a good example for that is my article on the Amazon affiliate program. So I think I called the article the beginner's guide to the Amazon uh, partner program for the blog post so that it would target like guide Amazon partner program etc and rank for all these terms but I think the social title was how two newbies make over a thousand dollars a month with the Amazon affiliate program and when you actually share it on Facebook or share it on Twitter it actually changed the title to something that's way more clickbaity and so
0: yeah just to clarify what Gail said there the Yoast SEO plugin was a WordPress plugin Allows you to define what titles will be displayed in different places, so you you can have a different title for your the blog post, which then appears on you know the Google search results, versus a different title which appears when you share that uh, yeah on, post Facebook, on Facebook
1: on Twitter etc. Cetera. Et cetera. And most importantly, you can also change the cover image. So, like, I was actually experimenting. You might actually want to try it if you want to look for some Easter eggs. But there are some posts on Authority Hacker where, where you share it instead of having the little Authority Hacker guy and the text, you actually get like a picture of like a hot girl and a title and that kind of stuff. And I actually do some kind of like tests around that. It didn't really work so well in online marketing. That's why I didn't really keep doing that. But some of these you can actually. You can actually do that and you can walk on like a really clickbaity image as well. Like BuzzFeed would do with like a screenshot and like a red circle and an arrow and like, oh my God, or something like this. You can definitely do these things. And these, these are going to result in a lot more shares, not necessarily a lot more shares on the article. But when people actually do share it, it's going to generate a lot more clicks and reshares and likes and so on. And as a result, you get more social signals. Another little trick that I've found as well is to embed related infographics inside the content and use Pinterest to pin these up, these infographics. Cause you know, these infographics are popular on Pinterest and you know, you pin it and you get like dozens of repins. And then you just go on Pinterest itself and find an infographic that is related to the topic. Then go embed it on your site, give a link attribution to the source so that they're happy, they have their backlink, that's why they did their infographic, and then pin the image from your site. And I actually managed to get a lot of social shares, like thousands of shares, to many blog posts on Health Ambition by using this trick. So it's a, it's a pretty good one. It's the reverse infographic. You don't create an infographic, you embed it on your post. And you add this kind of like social, like image social shareable thing.
0: Did you try that much on Authority Hacker or do you think it's quite sort of like niche specific Which Uh, when that would work?
1: I would need to build up my Authority Hacker Pinterest account first. So this works well on Health Ambition because we use a lot of group boards and we have access to a lot of followers essentially. And so this is a piece of work I would need to do on Authority Hacker. But actually, yeah, in this niche there is quite a bit of shares on Pinterest. So if I... I put the work okay. in and I actually you know, actually get my access to these group balls. And actually, I actually grew our Pinterest account through the latest giveaway. So I think we have like 500 to 600 followers on the Authority Hacker Pinterest account already. And so if I actually you know, made my way into some group balls, I, yeah, I could actually do that. I, I, was, I was
0: under the impression that Pinterest was more sort of targeted towards women and their internet marketing just isn't.
1: It is, but you know, there's a lot of mommy bloggers on it. And mommy bloggers talking about making money online, et cetera. And, okay, and I could definitely target that sub-niche. And, and there is actually quite a few uh, boards in that, in that niche, et cetera. So for Authority Hack, would work, you know, if you're, you know, if you are targeting problems, essentially, it's not going to work. Although I have some of them working for like farting problems, et cetera, and health ambition and still with thousands of shares. So it is possible in pretty much any niche that has some kind of, Graphic element to it, let's just say. <laughs> that is one trick you can do to make your content more social. Now, this is a trick, right? It means that uh, most likely your SEO traffic will not necessarily share the content unless it's something that's shareable. So if it's like a list of recipes on health ambition, then yes, people show it on Facebook and so on. But if it's how to solve like nose acne problems, then people are probably not going to share that. So, you know, there is going to be a limit still, even though you use these tactics. So this helps compensate, but it's not perfect. But the other thing that we started doing more and more is kind of like editorially balancing what we produce. So when we start a website, it depends now, but most of the time, most of the content is going to be geared towards SEO because that is the main way we get our daily traffic. You know, the traffic that happens if we do nothing on the website that is the way we generate most of our, on our traffic on our site. And that's why we mostly create like long articles, 1,500 words that are targeting a keyword, et cetera. As we start gathering emails and start gathering an audience, what we do is basically we start not just producing this kind of content. We start creating, as you say, BuzzFeed type article and type lists. And you can see a bunch of them on House Ambition that we did long ago. And all of them gathered so many shares and actually drive quite a lot of traffic. I mean, Pinterest is like 800, 900 visits per day or something on the site, which is pretty good without trying very hard. I'm sure we could actually grow to like 10K a day if we if we really tried. And we do things like reposting infographics. We do things like these BuzzFeed type, you know, memes that are like kind of like a story, like a line of text, an image, a line of text, an image, a line of text, an image. And we repost videos as well, like viral videos. We just repost them, put a blob of 200 words and then just share them on our social media and email them to our list so that we keep our email list entertained. And at the same time, we still produce these keyword-rich content, etc. We just don't promote it nearly as much to the community. It's just like we just press publish, we do our link building, we do all of that. We don't necessarily tell the community unless we feel like there is some kind of interest. So for example, we have a lot of juicing on health ambitions. So if we produced even a keyword-based article on juicing, we would still probably email it to the list and so on, just because so many people opted in because of juicing. But if we do something, getting rid of ulcers or something, we might promote it on a Facebook group, et cetera. We might not you know, use an email and lose hundreds of subscribers over that. We'd rather drop something that's more shareable to the email list and then an email promo or something than doing that. So we kind of like rebalance things as the community grows, and we kind of have this, this parallel stream of content coming out that is just here to entertain the community. And then on the side of that, we still produce a lot of SEO content. So that is what we do right now. And also another thing you can do, and that's something we're doing on Authority Hiker as well, is we produce other kinds of content for the audience. So instead of just producing blog posts, you produce podcasts like this one, or you produce video posts like, hopefully I'm going to be launching soon on authority hacker again or you just email content to them you literally just email stuff that is interesting to your audience but you need to keep giving them value and keep them entertained with your content and your seo content doesn't always do that so that's basically all i wanted to say for that podcast actually that's a quick one man do you have do you want to talk about this Do do you have anything to say about that
0: no just i'm kind of thinking that we haven't done it yet but like when we're looking at structuring health ambition we sort of had that discussion about creating the the library content, which is fixed, and then having like the blog section, yeah. which is specifically targeted more towards this kind of like social viral kind of content, less kind of SEO targeted. So I'm just thinking that maybe that's a better way to think of it in your head in terms of how to split the...
1: Yeah, you can definitely put these kinds of contents in different places. Um,
0: yeah, so we, we were thinking of putting, like, for example, all our juicing related content, which is, you know, like how to juice, which juicers to buy, like this kind of like heavy informational stuff, which is like SEO keyword targeted we're going to have like a basically a category in our site which is displayed in like the menu and you can kind of drill down into the various sub levels of that and you know get to the information you need but there's like a blog section and rather than just putting all content that we put publish on the blog we'd actually make the blog like something which people just go to see more kind of like the, this stuff. entertainment content yeah i mean it still provides value and it's still educating them on the the, the industry health in this case but it's much more of a, like all of those posts we share on on facebook and it's like anything which is in the like the blog category
1: that so we email to the list as well to keep them active and entertained and feel like we give them some value and touches most people most importantly you know
0: yeah, exactly. And even people that aren't necessarily looking to get healthy, like it's it's like a curiosity thing that it's kind of like going off in their brain, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you can actually separate these streams of content. We haven't done it yet, but there's a good chance we'll actually do it in the end, you know? So yeah, that is definitely a way to do that. I'm actually going to do that on Authority Hacker, so the podcasts are going to be in a different feed as well. It won't be on the blog anymore. The videos, I'm not sure yet. Maybe, maybe not. So yeah, you can just separate that content and kind of like put the blog forward on your site, put the SEO content a little bit behind. So like your site looks like big shared thing, et cetera. And then you also harvest a lot of traffic from the the SEO content in the back, which doesn't need nearly as much shares and stuff.
0: Yeah, and if you're looking for ways to, I mean, most of us know how to do keyword research by by now. I I I guess if not, I'm sure there's some plenty of resources on our our site to help you with that. But if you're looking to sort of figure out how to create this kind of uh, more shareable, kind of viral content that's more interesting as a broader appeal, there's some some good good ways to good places to look at. First of all, sites like BuzzFeed. They're absolute masters at doing this. I mean, the way they write their titles, the way they structure their content, it's designed entirely to do this. So just go to BuzzFeed.com and like study te- te- the latest 10 or 20 yeah. ar- headlines and the articles, like the way they structure it, and you'll learn a lot just from that. Also, I've noticed that a lot of newspapers do this. And w- well, not specifically the newspapers, but they have like adverts. They use like Taboola and these kind of ad platforms at the bottom of the news articles where they'll have these other companies who are posting kind of like ads at the bottom, which are made to almost look like related content links. So it's, it tricks you in a way because maybe you think you're clicking on another article by this well established newspaper say but it's actually taking you to some other site like buzzfeed or something smaller or something similar i don't know if it's just me or like i'm being retargeted or something but i see a lot of the same ones like yeah. there's this picture of some like it looks like an alien spaceship in antarctica and i honestly i see it everywhere and it's like 10 things you didn't know about antarctica something like that they and have aliens yeah, well, I mean, clearly not. But it's very like, what the hell is that? I, wanna, like, I really want to click on it. I think I clicked on it like four or five times. And there's other ones, you know, like 12 celebrities you didn't know were gay. Like these kind of things, are they're just quite kind of a bit controversial almost. But like really like kind of... The
1: these are the articles huge, that get social content, social huge, traffic. Huge, you know?
0: huge curiosity factor to them, yeah.
1: Yeah, whereas SEO, you kind of need to give it away in a title if you want to get the traffic. Exactly. That's why these are like really different kinds of content. And your audience, when they follow you, they need that kind of like snacks. They don't always want to read like 5,000 words and so on. So you want to give them these snacks. And it's also one good thing is like this kind of content is very easy to produce. It's very easy to churn one of these articles in like one hour or something. And so as a result, it's much easier to just keep your list entertained or keep your followers entertained, publishing that kind of content. And then, you know, you can focus a lot of resources on on your high, high quality content and take your time. And you don't even need to like promote it or anything. So it's, I mean, you promote it with outreach and externally, but you don't have even to like email your whole audience and so on. I would still share it on my social, pla- like social profiles and so on, but you don't need to go nearly as far with like putting it in front of people because you have this kind of snack content to put in front of people, which they enjoy more anyway. So... Yeah, that's basically it for this. Is SEO making you create boring content? Well, probably. And our solution is to create this kind of different, more social snack content on your site. Maybe put it in a different feed, maybe put it in your blog, call your blog a blog and then call your SEO content resources, that kind of stuff. And... And then you can put the rest of your resources into SEO. One thing as well is you don't need to scale that content a lot. You just need to have enough of it to keep your audience entertained. If you want to scale your social traffic, sure, scale that content a lot. But if you want to focus on SEO and, and selling while keeping an audience entertained and maybe run an email list, then you only need like two of these a week or something and send these to your audience. And it's going to be enough to balance against maybe like more commercial emails that you're sending so that's basically do you have anything else you want to say no that's everything cool well that was a little bit of a shorter podcast but it is i think an interesting topic and i think a lot of people create a lot of very boring niche sites that is not geared toward creating an audience and that people will get bored very quickly with so it's something to think about so thank you for listening guys and we'll see you guys in the next episode